This is me. This is me saying, doggone it. I wrote these books and I put my heart into them and I am going to do everything I can to make them a success. Welcome to The Author Biz, the show that's all about the business of being an author. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and this is episode number 47. Wherever you are, however you listen, thanks for spending some of your time with me today. Today's show is all about gaining visibility as an author, with a guest who participates in not just one, but two group blogs. And she thinks those two group blogs have been instrumental to her success as an author so far. Before we get into the show, I'd like to take a minute and thank you all for the encouraging emails after last week's show. I can't tell you how much those messages meant to me. And uh, it was a difficult time. Uh, Mom's funeral was last Wednesday. And to quote a phrase I heard and used a number of times over the course of the last week, she is in a much better place. And she really is. And we're all happy for that. Mom's was a life that was extremely well-lived. She's a great inspiration to me and to everyone who knew her. We'll all miss her, but she's left us with 80 years of amazing memories. My guest today is Lucy Burdett, who writes the Key West Food Critic Mystery Series. I started reading this series a few years ago when I was doing a search for Key West Mysteries. Found the, found the first one, bought it, loved it, and have read all of them since. At the time, I didn't realize I was reading a cozy mystery. I thought I was just reading a mystery set in Key West. I've since learned quite a bit more about the cozy mystery genre. When I read the book, it was the first time I'd ever seen a book with recipes in it. And as you'll hear in the interview, I, I was sort of captivated by that idea, not realizing that it's a whole subgenre of in, in the world in the cozy world. So I've enjoyed each of these books, and it's a treat for me to have Lucy on as a guest today. As you'll hear, Lucy is not someone who's satisfied with just writing a great book. She wants people to actually read her books. So she works efficiently and very intelligently to market herself and her books to an ever-widening audience. In this episode, we'll talk about the different strategies that she's used to market herself and her books. We'll talk about the way the two different group blogs that she belongs to operates And uh, interestingly enough, the way they operate on in both the online world and the offline world, which which I found fascinating. Some of the things they're doing offline, pretty interesting. So let's go ahead and get started with the interview. Lucy, welcome to the Author Biz. Thanks for having me. This is sort of exciting for me because I have never written the title for a show before we've done the show, but... Because it's you, and because I've read your books, and I enjoy them, and I I know what they're about, um, I have titled this Recipes for Exposure with Lucy Burdett. What do you think? I think it's perfect. (laughs) Cheesy, but perfect. (laughs) It it fits in pretty well with your series, your Key West Food Critic Mystery Series. Now, I want to get started. We're talking about exposure, and... This morning when I was doing research for this, I went out and did a Google search on your name, in quotes, and author. And I came up with just under 14,000 entries. 
Oh, good Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exposure. Um, yeah. To give people a little bit of an example of, of what we're going through here, you and I did an interview together a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when it was. I did a search on your name in quotes and my name in quotes. And from that one interview, we had 144 different Google entries. Oh, that's good. Yes, it is good. And so all of the things that you have done over your writing career, you've got your website, you you blog in different places, um, it all goes together to build this 14,000 entries in Google, which is it's pretty darn impressive. So let's let's get started by sort of talking about all the different places where we can find you online, uh, okay. on the Internet, on the web, whatever you want to say. And I, I'll start off. Uh, there is your website, which is lucyburdett.com. Right. There's Amazon.com. There's Barnes & Noble. Uh, there's your publisher's website. Um, what else? Uh, well, there's, there is Goodreads, mm-hmm. which I'm told every author should have a presence there. The, and I, I blog with two groups um, every week. One of them is called JungleRedWriters.com. And the other one is mysteryloverskitchen.com. Of course, I have a Lucy Burdett page on Facebook. I have a Twitter account. I just started on Instagram, though I really don't know what I'm doing there other than having fun posting photos. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a Pinterest account, too, which I I enjoy because I put up... um, boards that have to do with Key West and with food and with mysteries. So those those are fun. I don't know how how much they're doing in terms of exposure. But probably the biggest effort goes into those two group blogs. Now, I've got some other places on my list as well uh, where you're found, and I just happen to know you can be found at these places. There are Mystery book websites that do reviews and things like that on mystery books. Your books are found there. They, they write blog posts about your books and link to your website there. There are cozy specific book websites right. that link to you. And there are probably a half dozen or a dozen more places that we're not even thinking about. And these right. are all things that uh, I, I won't say they just happened because you especially with the group blogs, because if you're doing one post a week with two different group blogs, that's two blog posts a week. That's a a lot of people would consider that to be a lot. I would consider it to be a lot, too, um, because you have to be writing your book at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the one of the two I'm pretty familiar with, and I've been reading it for years, and that's Jungle Red Writers, because it's, it's, a, it's a group of women mystery writers, um, high-profile people, uh, and you guys do so much to support one another uh, through the blog and on social media. It just seems like a, sort of an extraordinary group of writers getting together, and it seems like there's got to be a lot of value coming to each of you 
from that. Um, can you talk for a little bit about just let's talk specifically about Jungle Red Riders, how it got started, how you got involved, and some of the ways in which the group of you support one another? Sure. It started out, I, th- I think it was, uh, to, I, I think the earliest year was 2008, and that was before, uh, before I was a member. And it was a group of five mystery writers uh, from New England, mm-hmm. and that included Hallie Efren and Hank Ryan, who I know you've spoken with, mm-hmm. and a couple of others. So, and at first, it was not happening every day, which it, which it is now, which is a big responsibility. Have yes. a, a decent new blog up every day. It's like running a newspaper. Um, so after a while, um, they they decided to expand it, and they invited me, um, and I've been there probably five five years. The way we run it, we have seven seven of us now, besides Hank and Hallie, Reese Bowen, who who writes um, historical mysteries, Deborah Crombie, who writes um, police procedure set in England, Julia Spencer Fleming, who writes a wonderful series about the Adirondacks, and uh, Susan Elia McNeil, who writes... Um, Again, historical mysteries. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope I got everybody. Anyway, um, w- since there are seven of us, each week one of us is in charge of setting up the content for the week. Oh. So, yeah, next week is my week. So I have the whole week is my responsibility. All right, and um, let's let's give some context to where we're recording this now. We're at May 20th, and this isn't going to be released until sometime in, most likely, in late June. Okay. The first blog lands on Memorial Day, so that's a blog about Memorial Day. What, what we do that I think is a little different from um, other group blogs is Mondays is always a group chat, so the person who sets up uh, the subject, and then other people um, pile on and respond to the to the subject and chat with each other. So the the idea is to make it feel like a conversation, and then we have a lot of conversation in the comments. Well, yeah, now, let, regular. let me interrupt here because I've, yeah. I've read a number of these group chats. How do you technically do this? Is it actually like a, a Facebook chat, or like it, you're usually chat software to do it, or is this an email that, no. that's going around? Right. First, um, we may be more complicated than we need to be, but we set up the, we call them stubs of the conversation in a Yahoo group file. Okay. And then if I say it's my week, I um, copy everybody's remarks and transfer them. Our our blog is set up on Blogger. Okay. And transfer it to Blogger and schedule it for the date that it's supposed to go up. And then we have, so you always have that group chat. Often there might be one or two more days that are chats that are light in subjects like Last week we had something on the ugliest article of clothing you own. <laughs> so, <laughs> which and is that funny. had pictures. We had fun. <laughs> yes, it did, and, the, and there were some ugly things. <laughs> so it's not all to, it's not all serious to do with writing, but 
Um, but there is writing and stuff thrown in there, and we have a lot of guests because we like to support the other writers in the crime fiction community. So um, people who have a book coming out will often get in touch with us and say, can I do a blog with Jungle Red Writers? The thing about that is that's a big responsibility, too, because you need to bring something interesting to the table, not just say, here's my book, go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's always the that's always the challenge. So what you're saying is that you, you as a group, you have a responsibility to the people that are reading the blog. So you want to be sure that everything that goes on there will be of interest to them. Yes. Or, you know, uh, people are going to skip some days or say, I don't care about that subject. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, you want you that it's like again, it's like um, doing a newspaper. You you have to keep people interested, and then we also um, we try to every one of us make a comment in the comment section most days too, so people feel like we're not just posting things and leaving them there, but we are there to talk with them mm-hmm. about this subject. Um, well, let's and, let's talk about that for a minute, because that's important. Okay. Of all the group blogs that I follow, the ones that are the most successful do what you just suggested, where every member of the community is in there almost every day engaging in conversations so that readers like me, if I want to get into the conversation, I can, and I can have, I can be a part of a conversation with seven different authors. And right. it, it's a really cool thing. So that's that, that's something that's very intentional. So I just wanted to make sure that that we yes. highlighted that. And so and so we ask that of our guests too. Make sure you're we're scheduling you on a day that you'll be available because people expect that. And if you're not there, it's going to fall flat. Okay. Now we're going to talk about guest posting uh, from your perspective later on in the interview. Uh, but okay. for now, you're essentially the editor for for your week. Yes. Um, yes. So, who decides who gets in as a guest poster? Is that the does the group decide, or does the person who's in charge of the week decide? The person who's in charge of the week knows what's coming up okay. and what space they have. We um, we email a lot, mm-hmm. most days, several times. Um, this person wants a space. Does anyone have something close to their date? Um, and and we try to be very clear when we're accepting someone. Look, what are you bringing to the table? How are you going to have people involved? Um, so that's really, uh, those are really the only guidelines. Okay. Um, and then we can have silly days too, like uh, a, a recipe or wh- what's for dinner or, um, and then every seven weeks, since there's seven of us, every seven weeks is what we're writing week. And then we each have a day that week to talk about what we're doing with our work. Interesting. That's a good idea. uh, But it doesn't overwhelm people because it's only every seven weeks. It's only every seven weeks. And you can talk about, you know, what you've been struggling with or post an excerpt or um, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. Sometimes you're promoting and you're not writing and you can talk about that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then when any of us has a, has a release, then everyone pitches in that week to, to really try to um, make that known. So you really feel like you have a, a very strong support network. And in your case, in the case of Jungle Red Riders, it feels like you really do from, from an outsider's perspective. And even, even seeing you, and this is something else I want to talk about, we'll, we'll get into this, but you guys take this beyond just an online relationship. You, you also do things at conferences together. Yes, we started doing this funny thing because sometimes conferences get a little tedious. So how did you come up with your ideas and <laughs> who's your sidekick? And you start to go, oh, how many times have I answered this? So, so one of us, and I don't know who it was, um, said, well, what, let's try a game show. And so our first one was at a VoucherCon um, World Mystery Conference a couple years ago where we did the Jungle Red Family Feud game <laughs> show. And uh, we gave out prizes, and we acted uh, silly, and but tied it all to mysteries. And I think everybody had a blast. So ever since then, when there is a group of us uh, for more who is going to a conference, um, that's what we pitch. And I think it's fun. I think people have a good time and they uh, think about us. This time, we, um, we were at Malice Domestic, which is a traditional cozy mm-hmm. conference. Not cozy, but traditional mysteries. And we had buttons made that say, I read red with the website and, and our names so small you have to have a magnifying glass to read them but we passed them out and if you came in with a button you were eligible for a prize that kind of thing so it's a different kind of creativity but it's we have a good time and I think we all appreciate one another and it's a tough tough business this publishing so having uh, people who's have your back really makes a difference. How often do you disagree about how things should be done? Um, we do from time to time. It's it's a pretty well oiled, oiled machine at this point. A couple years ago, um, let's see, five, well, four out of the seven of us got together at uh, Hank's house in Boston and had a powwow, and we got couple of the other women on the phone to sort of talk about the direction we were going in. And every once in a while, you'll say, you know, where is the energy flagging? Do we need to do something different? Should we try this? So there's a lot of um, chatting back and forth. Um, but not, nothing insurmountable. I would say everybody re- really likes the organization and feels like it benefits them, so um, everyone pitches in. Okay, before we get off the topic of Jungle Red, you mentioned that uh, the Memorial Day week is your week, so give us a preview. And It won't be a preview by the time this comes out, but I'm just curious, and I think other listeners would be curious as well, what the editorial calendar looks like for your week. Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. So the uh, Monday is Memorial Day, so we will be talking about um, relatives of ours 
who served in the services. Great idea. Uh, and uh, we've got old photo, wonderful old photos. My my dad was in the Army Corps of Engineers, which was a great moment in his life. So I've got pictures of that, and other people do too. Mm -hmm. um, Tuesday, Barbara Ross will be our guest, and she's talking about her third main clam bake mystery. And I love that out. series. <laughs> I, 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 I really enjoyed that, yeah. Yes, yeah. So she's, she's a guest poster. She's not a member of your group. She's guest posting. right. right. And that one, you can do it different ways. That one, I sent her questions, okay, and she'll be answering them. Other people just have their own um, posts. And then I have two other guests. Um, Rachel Housel Hall is one of them, and John Connell is another. Then I, I'm pl I've planned a recipe for for key lime dessert because. That's appropriate to my series. Mm -hmm. And my other idea was to have a group chat about our worst book signings. And <laughs> that sounds I'm like thinking, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about the time that I brought my mother-in-law and my husband to a library talk, and there were several of us up on the uh, up on the stage. And I looked down, and both of them were sound asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we'd been oh. out to dinner oh. in their defense we'd been out to dinner and they'd each had a cocktail <laughs> and so anyway so subject like that okay all right so that gives us a really good sense of how the seven of you work together at jungle red writers now you're right. also a part of another group blog which is mysteryloverskitchen.com. Okay, and, and I that yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, that is a whole different animal. There are, um, I think, there are eight of us, and we have every day a new recipe. We are all cozy culinary mystery writers mm -hmm. who have, and so you would find recipes in the back of every one of our books. And so um, my day is always Thursday. And so we're eating a lot more different things than I used to cook because <laughs> you can't repeat. Uh -huh. And, um, and then you tell, you, you know, tell a story about the recipe or if there's a way to connect it to the book you're writing or the series, you do that. But sometimes there isn't. It's just what you made for dinner. And um, so, and those women, if, if you have uh, a book out, like mine will be out, um, they will all support that and um, tweet it, put it on Facebook too. So it's, an, it's another group of uh, very supportive people. Um, I, should, I could give you an example. That I mentioned Malice Domestic, the traditional uh -huh. street conference. So they have an event at the beginning of the weekend, which is called uh, Malice Go Round. And there are 20 tables set up in this one big room, and eight, eight of the spaces are taken by fans, and two of the places are empty. And so 20 writers get to rotate through all those tables, two at a time, mm -hmm. and each 
get a to to make a pitch for two minutes about your book. What a fun idea! Yeah, it's it's grueling, but it's it is fun. I mean, you really have a, a chance to tell people uh, what you're excited about, and everybody has gotten into this giving out swag, mm-hmm. which could be bookmarks or chocolates or whatever. The good thing about the Mystery Lovers Kitchen Group is that we put together a packet of recipes for this event. So it's something that people are not going to throw away, most likely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a way that we can wor- work together as a group. So this is two groups that you're a part of, and you're each sort of working together well beyond just the idea of a group blog. You're, you're working together uh, supporting one another, but at conferences, you're coming up with clever ideas that, where you can work together as well. Yes. Is that, in your experience, the way everyone does it? Uh, hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say so, but um, I think some people say the day of, the heyday of blogging is over, which is not my experience. Or mine. <laughs> but um, I know, uh, for example, a, a blog that was very big for a number of years is called the Lipstick Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And um, they had some very strong writers, and they decided it was getting to be too much work, so they needed to add people. And then if it gets too big, then I think no one feels ownership of it, and it starts to fall apart a little bit. Um, So I think that's one of the keys is finding finding a smallish group, enough people to shoulder the load, but not so much that it feels diffuse. Now, it's interesting, the two groups that you belong to, uh, one where you all write pretty similar books, and some would consider you to be competitors, and the other where everyone's a little bit different. Um, Is is that a true statement? Yes. Um, but at, as to the competitive business, there is not a reader out there who's going to read <laughs> one cozy culinary mystery. They're they're mad for them. Right. So uh, I don't feel that it's competition. Um, you uh, it, know, if all of us ha- have a book released on the same day, that could be a little tricky. So one um, could say that you're you're providing a service to your readers who follow you everywhere by exposing them to other books that you know they would like. Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about the amount of time you put into these these two group blogs. On on average, let's say it's it, it's your it's not your editorial week at, at Jungle Red. Let's say you're just responsible for what you're responsible for. What's an average time commitment? Uh, for each of these, each okay. week. So if it's not my editorial week, I just need to make sure I go to Jungle Red Writers every day and read the post, leave a comment, tweet it, and put it on Facebook. So that's not a lot of time. That's 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's um, If it's a subject that I'm really interested in, or I feel like I have a little spare time, I could go back another time or two, but that doesn't happen every day. 
So that's not uh, that's not a big time commitment. The other one, um, Thursday is just always my day. Okay. So um, I have to have made something. I have to have taken photographs and written a little story about it. So depends how fancy the recipe is, how long that takes. Well, let's say, let's use last Thursday for an example, or, or the last thing you posted, or maybe this coming Thursday. Um, what? How much time did you have to put into this particular post? Well, the next one I'll be putting up is a um, raspberry angel food cake. Oh, that sounds good. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's something that I, that I need to make anyway, because we're going to a dinner party and I'm mm-hmm. the dessert person. So it's not as though... I'm doing something that I wouldn't do anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, I know I don't even consider that work. It's just the taking of the pictures and um, thinking about, well, do I need a little mango sauce to sit it in? Mm-hmm. That sort of question, which is not too painful. Um, if that takes an hour or two a week. And oh. then the same thing I do with that blog is go every day leave a comment, and try to uh, share what's there. Okay, so it, it sounds like, it, do you have a weekly posting commitment at Jungle Red, or is it, is it mostly just uh, that one week a month where you're really required to put some specific time in? You do, um, you do have to contribute to the, to the group chat. Okay. So the person who's in charge of the week will say, the chat's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go and add. Okay, so we've got, say, 15 minutes a day for Jungle Red, social media, commenting, etc. Um, how much time for the group chats? The group chats, uh, uh, say, another 15 minutes. Okay. All right, so that's uh, 90 minutes. That's an hour and a half a week when you're not the editor for Jungle Red. And uh, on... Mystery Lover's Kitchen, um, how much time for, in general... Say that's um, two, maybe two hours. Okay. All right, so... But you get a dinner out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're communicating with, with two different audiences, and you're spending basically three and a half hours a week to reach a pretty large number of people. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good plan to me. Yeah, now my husband would say I'm on on these sites a lot longer than what I just told you. But, you know, if you go, say you go to the site and you see, oh, I'm not getting as many hits as I would like, then I'm going to go back in and try to stir up business, that kind of thing. <laughs> so. so you guys actually track that. Is there any sense of competitiveness, like uh, so-and-so got more hits than I did? I feel that I, you know, I don't want to be the slacker and the loser. <laughs> so if I see one of my posts slumping, then I'll try to goose it along. I love it. But yeah. And if everyone feels that way, what a, you know, these are just, these are great. I love the idea of these group blogs and you're right. So, somebody just decided a couple of years ago that this stuff doesn't work anymore. I think what they really decided was that I don't want to spend the time doing this anymore, so I'm going to tell everyone else that it doesn't work. <laughs> because it yeah. it does work. Yeah. 
And, you know, it is, it, it is a big-time commitment, and people come and go as far as our audience goes. But, um, but I guess we all feel like it's the best thing we've got going. All right. We've talked a little bit about the Key West Mystery Series. Let's go into a little bit more detail about that and why it makes sense for you to be a part of a, a culinary blog. Because uh, your series is sort of food-based. It's it's mystery. It's cozy. It takes place in Key West. It's one of my favorite cozy mystery series, and I didn't even realize it was a cozy when I started reading it because I'm not the kind of guy that reads cozy mystery series. <laughs> You're not a cozy kind of guy. I am not a cozy kind of guy. And uh, it was the same with uh, with Reese Bowen. I've been reading her books for years. Like that that can't be a cozy. <laughs> so tell us about tell us about the series and and your new book. So uh the sixth book is out um July 7th and it's called Fatal Reservations and the main character is Haley Snow who is a food critic for the Key Zest magazine in in Key West. So um, her job is to go to the various restaurants in the town and report on them, and so I have to do that, too, for her. Um, she also is a very good cook, and so um, that's where the recipes come in. She, a lot of the things at the back of the book, there will be five or six recipes in each book, are things that she's made in the course of that story. So give you an example, um, this fatal reservations takes place around Valentine's Day, and she is trying to lure this boyfriend into a little more serious relationship, mm-hmm. so she makes a raspberry layer cake. So that cake is in the book. And I have to say... It- this was the first your the first book in the series, which was an appetite for murder. It was the first book I'd ever read that had recipes, and I just remember running out and showing my wife this recipe and saying, "We have to make this. It just sounds so fabulous." I bet it was the hot fudge pie. <laughs> no, because I'm not a hot fudge guy. I don't remember what it was, but it wouldn't have been that. <laughs> but it's amazing how when you're when you're reading these, you're reading the story of preparing the food and you sort of see it in your own mind's eye and then you see the recipe at the end and it all just comes together so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, we don't put the recipes in the middle of the story because that would really make things clunky and slow, Mm -hmm. slow the tension down. And and I didn't realize they would be at the back. So I'm reading it. It's like, boy, this, that would be so fabulous to be able to make that. And then I got to the end, and I was so delighted to see that the recipes were there. <laughs> I was such a babe in the woods when it came to Cozy Mysteries at that time. <laughs> now, these, these books are all paperback originals, right? That's right. How do you like, as an author, how do you like being in the paperback original space? Well, this is my 14th published mystery, and they've all been um, mass market paperbacks, and which is not something, A, that I had any control over. Right. Um, that's what the contract was. Mm-hmm. I have seen um, people in my group of, co- of the Cozy Universe mm-hmm. get promoted to um, hardcovers and gripe about it because it's a it's a big financial commitment 
to to spend twenty six or twenty eight dollars for a right. for a hardcover. So um, to me, it it works because they're not um, they're not War and Peace. They're um, light reads. They're beach reads, although they're not slight. I don't think. Anyway. No. Mm-mm. I you know I'm I'm fine with uh with mass market and they're out as ebooks too which is good for the people who like ebooks. I have only one friend who has not read any of them nor bought any and that's because he won't buy anything but hardcovers. But that's oh. just one. Well, I guess you just have to walk over and read it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Now I, I will say, uh, the the ebook price point is different for the new book than it's been in years past. When did they change that? Because they they used to be the mass market and the ebook price were the same when they came out. Did, do I have that right? I, yes, I think that's what it is. And uh, it's no, it's actually it's going it, up. It's well, maybe it's maybe it's on sale now because it's seven ninety nine for the paper and five ninety nine as of yes. today. Um, for it's the on ebook, sale then. okay, I, it's on sale, and I don't, I have no say over that, so I don't worry too much about it. Now, I have spoken with people on this show who are very dissatisfied with the idea of being forced to go as hardcover authors because they know that there just isn't enough of an appetite for their books at $28 a book. Yeah. And they're not being offered the option of paperback originals. I guess it's maybe something that publishers will only do in certain genres. But uh, it, it does seem like it would take true. some of the pressure yeah. off in, in, in terms of uh, release week. Yes, because uh, especially new readers who aren't um, avid fans of your series... Mm-hmm. They're willing to spend six or eight dollars where they might not spend close to thirty. It's really hard, and especially with the idea, it's different for paperbacks. Um, when you, when you walk into a bookstore, the paperbacks that are on sale might be a dollar cheaper. If you walk into Barnes and Noble, uh, the hardcover that's on sale is fourteen dollars, and your book is right. twenty eight dollars. Uh, that's a tough sell. It, it is a tough sell. All right, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, book launches, since you're in the middle of a, a book launch process right now or gearing up for it when we're recording this. Um, one of the things you do, and I said we'd get back to this, is write guest posts. So you're involved both from an editorial perspective on one side where you're accepting guest posts through Jungle Red Writers, and as an author, you're going out and delivering guest posts. So right. when you do this, do you contact the blogs yourself? Is that something your publicist does or the publisher? How does that all work? It works several ways. So our um, our publicist at um, Berkeley NAL mm-hmm. is very good at reaching out to uh, bloggers who who do cozy and foodie mysteries. So she, for example, this time she asked me, would I write up a couple of posts for her about the new book that she would use for these for bloggers who were interested. Last the last time I had um a book out which was Death with All the Trimmings back in December, I also set up my own um blog tour. Um and that was a, a woman who's a mystery fan who does this. Mm-hmm. So I might have had 20 posts to write 
And that's 20? really hard. That's, yes. That's too much. That's, mm-hmm. um, you can't be writing anything else. And how could you possibly have enough original stuff to say to be fascinating for 20 posts? <laughs> so I've, I'm cutting back this time. Um, I will have, of course, a post on Mystery Lover's Kitchen, because that's my released week. Right. And, and also on Jungle Red Writers. Um, and then I have, I might have about eight others that I've kind of figured out could be my best shot at finding an audience. And how do you, how do you figure this out? How do you, is it just history you just know, or how do you know? No, you do, you do your research. So mm-hmm. if there's um, somebody who's interested in Jungle Red Riders, they will go to the blog and see how many comments are being generated. And if they, um, if they have, I'm not sure what these are called. I'm looking on the sidebar, people who have joined to follow. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Uh, there's a Google Friend Connect. There's network blogs. Okay. That, and so you can also look at their Facebook page and see how many followers they have. And so you can get a sense of if they have 20 people following them, is that worth you spending three hours <laughs> polishing a post? Well, probably not. But if they have 2,000, that's a different story. So mm-hmm. you, you have to um, figure out and look at who their audience is, too. I've tried, because um, I'm always looking for what my niche is. In this mm-hmm. case, it's food and it's Key West. So can I find blogs that are foodie blogs that might be interested in um, a mystery too? Um, sometimes you find crossover and sometimes you don't. Now, you and I talked before we started recording today uh, when you had a golf series at one time, and you did this same sort of thing where you were looking for niche places that that, that you could market into um, that did very well. So can you share that story? Yeah, so um, my first series was the Golf Lovers Mystery Series, and this was, I mean, it's not that long ago. The first one came out in 2002, but the Internet was was just getting going back mm-hmm. then. So you didn't have all these blogs. You didn't, you had dial-up connections, and um, so I um, joined the Golf Writers Association of America and I sent pitches out to people that I thought might possibly be interested in writing a story about this. And I um, sent books to professional, lady professional golfers and tried to get, you know, all you need is a couple of little nibbles. Um, I, I worked hard on that in the golf world. It turns out that Golfers don't necessarily read, and readers don't necessarily love golf, but all you need is a few that do both. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, I ended up with a, a wonderful spread in Sports Illustrated about <laughs> the series. And it was just so much fun because they, I was in Connecticut, and I had written a book about the... Um, about the inner workings of our 
golf course right here in town and um, the tension between the men and women. And um, so they sent photographers out from New York to take pictures of me showing them where the body was found in the golf course. <laughs> and it, it was really very much fun. Um, unfortunately, and I also had a, a big article in Golf for Women right in the same couple of months. Unfortunately, they the publisher had already determined that the series was ending. Mm-hmm. And so um, those those didn't get give the boost that they should have. But still, it's it, it was a good lesson to learn, which is just look for what's unusual about your books and try, because if you're just trying to sell to the whole mystery world, gosh, there are so many books out there. It's It's hard to be heard. Have you had any unusual success trying to do the same thing during the Internet era? Well, let's see. I'm tr- looking for um, key, the Key West connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, look, I have been looking on Facebook. There are some Facebook Key West people who have huge followings. So um, one of them, last time around, I wrote an article for her magazine, and another one had me do a little live chat for her. She calls herself Key West Finest for her fans, Mm -hmm. so things like that. Um, And then I would say this Mystery Lover's Kitchen is another example of um, the Internet. Working. Right. And this is something that you're doing on your own, right? The publisher's not doing this. They're not uncovering no. these opportunities. This is you. No. This is me. This is me saying, doggone it. I wrote these books and I <laughs> put my heart into them and mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to make them a success. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today. And, and, and talked about a number of different ways that you have been able to gain exposure, and we can infer some things that that we could do as authors to do the same thing. But if 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 you were at Malice Domestic, and someone cornered you and said, "What's one thing that I can do starting tomorrow? I've got a book coming out in six months. What one thing would you recommend that that writer do?" Okay, so you're assuming the book is already written. It's written, thing and it's going to be published. To, okay, because if you don't have a good book, that's right. your first, you're dead right there. Um, I know what the publisher would say, and that is Facebook presence. Um, that's, that's the way they're steering people. So um, it, you should have a Facebook page for your author, author name, whatever that might be. And connect with other writers who, who uh, I mean, you can look for guest posts, but yeah, I guess I would say uh, the Facebook is, a, is the one thing you, you have to do. Okay, so make a concentrated effort to develop a following as quickly as you can. And when you say Facebook, um, are, do you mean like a Facebook author page? I don't even know if you have a Facebook author yeah, page. You, you probably do. do. All right. It's Yes. It's so you have a personal page and you have a Facebook author page as well. Yes, I do. And I, I can't tell you which is better, but I, mm-hmm. I have both. <laughs> 
So yes, I um, the Facebook author page, um, and then try not to make it all about you, you, you. Try to be, um, you know, I try to post things about Key West and photographs of Key West and stuff about food, things that mm-hmm. um, people might feel interested in. Well, and then you should be interested in in other people and other writers too, because if you're not people will feel that. And your interest in a, in other people and other writers has developed into these relationships that are these two group blogs now where you're also supportive of one another. And it's hard to say that that hasn't been a big benefit to your writing career. Oh, and they're my closest, dearest friends, which is even better. Okay, Lucy, this has been great. For people that want to keep up with what you're doing, maybe check out your books or continue to learn from you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, They can uh, go to my website, lucyburdett.com, or facebook.com slash lucyburdett. And oops, I did think of something else I should have said, and that is um, writers' organizations. Sisters in Crime has been a huge support to me and also Mystery Writers of America. So if you don't know anybody, that's a place to start. And both are great organizations to join. Um, and both, I, I'm not a member of Sisters in Crime. I understand there are some guys who are members of Sisters yes, in Crime. We'll take, yeah, we'll take brothers. Uh, but MWA is a, a very supportive organization, and, and there are all kinds of things that they can do to help you get together with other writers and that's further right. your career. There's a lot of education uh, that's involved, and I'm sure that there, there are all these different things that I hear about Sisters in Crime and, and all the help it's been to writers through the years and something called guppies and all this stuff that I don't understand. But, uh, it, you know, it's just a women's thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so LucyBurdett.com. You're also on Facebook. You're more than likely on Twitter. I will yep. link to all of these in the show notes uh, that you can find at TheAuthorBiz.com. Lucy Burdett, thank you so much for your time and for the education today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Lucy. That was fun and pretty educational for me, and I hope it was for you as well. It's amazing how far the word can spread about your books if you're willing to invest some time in intelligently used, targeted, low-cost marketing. Thanks to Lucy for coming on. Please do check out her new book, Fatal Reservations, and check out the two group blogs she's writing for. I'll have links to both those as well as Lucy's website in the show notes. One final thing, if you like what we're doing here on The Author Biz, please pop by iTunes and leave us a rating or review. It's been almost a month since we've had a rating or a review, so I'd appreciate it if uh, if you're out there and you haven't left a review for us and you like the show, please go ahead and do that. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great week in your author biz.